Perhaps the most controversial topic of discussion in our day revolves around truth. Opinions often blur the lines of an objective truth. Streaming platforms, social media, and other public forums allow individuals to project their truths upon the masses like never before. In the midst of woke, cancel culture, religious freedoms, political liberties, and social injustice, we attempt to search for and reveal the truth. This is Truth Revival. All right, all right, gents. Well, welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 18 of Truth Revival. My name is Roman Hamilton. You guys know who I am. With me today, we got Mr. Nationwide, Paul Chapman. <laughs> I saw that guy giving you that painting this morning. Hey, he did, man. For all of our Truth Revival listeners out there, <laughs> Paul is an art connoisseur. Would you say, Paul? Yes, I, I try to collect, I collect only art from people I know. So have like, you ever got one from Corey? No, we're going to have to make that happen. Right. Yeah. But all my paintings in my house are from people I know. Okay. Like jobs I've done and met them and stuff like that. So uh, it's kind of a muse of mine. I just like to collect from people I know. I am not the art type, Paul. I'm not very good with art. Really? No. I'm, Listen, I, I was just totally ecstatic that you had your big scooter hog in the midst of all them Harleys this right morning. In the middle. Listen, so, you, do you, you realize I was the first they parked around me? They sure did. Uh, I yeah, didn't did. park around them. They parked <laughs> around me. Hey, I love it. And yeah. one of those guys even gave my, my scooter a shout out. He said, that's a hooligan, man. That's a nice one. So Hammer down. That's hey, right. They know what's I, I up. I heard them when they pulled up. They said, oh, Roman's here. <laughs> yeah. That's what they said. It's that Hamilton guy. Yeah. We saw him on the dragon. He's the host of Truth Revival. That's <laughs> <laughs> So uh, um, with with us today, we've got two uh, two gentlemen that um, we're looking real forward to uh, getting their insight. Love them both. Uh, but we have Mr. Philip Carroll and Mr. Joel Hopkins. So, uh, Philip, if you will, just tell us a little bit about yourself, and then uh, we'll turn Joel loose. Absolutely. Uh, pastor in Hiawasa Church of God for three years, been there for 24. Uh, so thank God for that. Good time. Great people. Love it. Awesome. Short and sweet. Uh, Joe, how about you? Uh, married to Roman's cousin, Brittany Kirkland. Uh-huh. Uh, now Hopkins. Now Hopkins. Um, I am a member at Easton Holly Baptist Church in Riceville, Tennessee. It's a pretty big church in the middle of a cornfield. Yeah. Riceville is pretty hilarious. <laughs> um, we have a great pastor there, Pastor Richard Sego. Um, discipleship group there. Um, a lot of a lot of great things going on there. Praise God. So, yeah. Also, soon to be father. I am. Yeah. Right. In July. Scared to death. <laughs> scared to death in a, in the best way possible. But yes, yeah, scared to death. Well, congratulations, Thanks, brother. Sir. We can't wait to meet. And what you guys? Uh, the name for your baby? Elizabeth Kate. Elizabeth. Elizabeth Kate. Kate. Probably going to go with Ellie Kate. Can't wait to meet Ellie. Going to be exciting. Hope, hope she looks like Brittany. Uh, <laughs> hope she looks like Brittany. All right. Well, guys, uh, we're going to dive right into this topic today. And today is probably going to be one of our most, uh, our, our least controversial topics that we've ever talked about. It's going to be Bible translations. Mm. Would oh, you guys agree? Are we being safe? <laughs> Listen, man, we we don't ever we're Simple. never safe on truth revival, man. We dig into the truth. We we seek the truth, and sometimes, hey, the truth hurts, man. Sometimes the truth may be a little bit controversial, but yeah, I'm sure that every believer who has been saved for any length of time has got an opinion on Bible translations. Would you guys agree? They have an opinion for sure. <laughs> they all have an opinion. I've been ran off. 
because of it. Is that right? Oh, yeah. It happens. I've had people yeah. get up and leave. It yeah, I've been run off because wow. of it. Wow. It does happen. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a Baptist church, and I didn't even learn about other Bible translations until I was in my late teens. I didn't know that was such a thing. Now, obviously, now we we have... I have a, a tablet here right in front of me, and I have access to literally dozens of Bible translations at just at my fingertip. But all we ever used was King James. Mm. Growing up as a kid, when we would do Bible study with mom and dad, I was reading King James. And so King James is actually something that I've cut my teeth on. To, to me, King James is my bread and butter. That's my safe space. Yeah. I, I love the King James. But to, to other people... I've heard the sentiment shared that the King James is language that is kind of hard to understand. And I'll just say this, okay? And then I'm going to turn you guys loose. When it comes to Bible translations, and when I hear people say, well, I, I just don't understand King James. I, I just I just can't get on board with that King James. Or King James is old-fashioned. Listen, engaging in the Word of God is of the utmost importance. You can't allow a translation to be a hindrance to you, but the most important translation that you use is the one that you're going to read. <laughs> okay. Mm. Amen. But people will, people will say, I just can't get on board with King James and, and they'll use that as an excuse <clears throat> to not read the word of God. Mm-hmm. I was going to, I can give a few points that will lead us into more King James stuff. Okay. So first of all, we're spoiled. I think there's at last, <clears throat> Count, I think I counted like 22 translations, like you said, on your iPad in modern English that we can go to at any point and we can read between and we can go between and whatever. There are so many to choose from that we can often just get divisive. And what I always, I guess, teach against is translation tribalism. Ooh. Yours is best. That's <laughs> That's where I draw the line. It's a preference. It's a preference. There are, in my opinion, there are top tiers. There are tiered translations, but translations are what they are. And what I mean by that is some are going to be more on the paraphrase side. Some are are thought for thought, not paraphrase. Mm -hmm. And some are going to be on the more formal, uh, literal side. Mm. So the... Now, now let's let's just target that for just a second, Joel. There are three... Uh, types of, of translation or three categories, mm-hmm. I guess that, that people put them in. And and if there are other categories, you know, I'd love to hear them, but I think every one of us agree that, you know, when it comes to Bible translations, there's like three categories. The first mm-hmm. one is word for word, mm-hmm. right? More formal side of the scale. Yes. Now um, I've been to some churches where people will say King James 1611 only. That's the only Bible that we're going to allow preached in here. Mm-hmm. What's, your, what's y'all's thoughts on that? King James 1611. It's actually still the most popular Bible, according to the internet. The King James The version? 1611. The 1611? Yeah. Wow. I read that last night. Okay. But you know on that on that thought for thought or word for word, you know, trend there, the King James Version is read by 55% of Americans. Mm-hmm. Okay. But it is the sixth one on the list of being word for word. That's what I was it's getting It's not at. the top one. That's what I was getting at. Now, again, the, the scholarly work... Guys, I don't know Greek, Hebrew, uh, Aramaic. I don't. I don't know that, and I haven't done the scholarly work. But again, this stuff—it's—it's it's not. Uh, somebody can't just make up an opinion like 
this stuff is 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 often scrutinized and under ridicule and other other men of God they 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 fact check this stuff but the the King James when it comes to word for word translation is only about the what you say six or seven six one down six or seventh most <clears throat> accurate word for word yep. and you see that's why when people say they use the King James they use it well it's the most accurate word for word translation that's why we use the King James and that's not entirely true no i hate to say it like that but that's going to bust a lot of people's bubble. Mm-hmm. You know, that like, are you telling me there are more accurate translations well, than the King James? And accurate's a tough term to use because more literal doesn't always mean better. Mm. And I have two examples here. John uh, 1, verses 1 through 3. This is the ESV reading, very familiar uh, passage. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. ESV, very popular translations, what I read from primarily. Okay, if you go to the far literal side of the scale, it is the interlinear. You can look this up online. It's the interlinear version. It's very literal. And what I mean by very literal is it keeps the same sentence structure. It keeps the same everything. Hey, so here Joe, is, before you do that, Joe, on the correct, list, it's number one word correct, for word. Correct, yes. and the reason for why is because what you're about to hear. This is John 1 verses 1 through 3, in the interlinear. In original was the saying, and the saying was toward God, the God, and God was the saying. This was in original toward the God. All through same became, and apart from same, became not yet one which has become. Wow. So, if we want to go and say, <laughs> I want the most literal, I doubt that you do. I mm. really doubt that you want the most literal, because... <laughs> That's taking word for word, same Greek sentence structure, uh, word order, all the things that that come with a Greek translation that is just taking it word for word, and it's it's difficult. And I've I've got several other verses here. I won't read through them, but it's it's like that. It is very very difficult to read and make sense of. So more literal does not always mean better. I like what you said earlier, Joel. Um, we have translation tribalism mm-hmm. that's yeah. very Dude, real that is yeah. so real it's very real because yeah i mean most people think well our way is the best way and this translation is is this is what we're comfortable with this is safe and especially in western culture i don't know that we've ever really addressed this head on no but guys i'm gonna drop some truth bombs on you here we go oh truth revival here we go Dude, <laughs> i hope y'all are ready for this and if this shocks anybody i'm sorry but i i just feel like i have to say this here we go. I love these moments. The first thing, Jesus was not American. Mm. Really? Are you serious? Are you joking? Sorry, guys. The second one, Jesus didn't speak English. Oh, I've believed a lot. And the third one, y'all better hold on for this. Jesus was not white. Mm. Huh? I'm sorry, Paul. I got to take my painting down. I'm sorry. <laughs> but guys, in our Western culture, that's what I thought. I thought that growing up as a kid, I thought Jesus was white. You know, when he had, you know, nice. You probably thought it was from Coke Creek. Nice brown I hair. Thought, I never thought that. But, no, I, oh, I, I, didn't. I didn't either. Well, that, no, but but I you did. see. I, Sheltered. For real, though. But how many of our churches are like that, though, Philip? Absolutely. You know, I mean, around here, we have a lot of rural churches. Yeah. Where, I mean, 
yeah, I mean, I know, I knew that he was, you know, a Jewish man, but, but I never, like, I didn't know what a Jewish man was, mm-hmm. yeah. but, but there's some people that's grown up that think King James is the only way. Mm-hmm. And, and Jesus, Jesus spoke English. And so, you know, the King James is it. The King James is a translation and I hate to, 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 to be so, I don't want to be dogmatic when it comes to that sort of thing, mm-hmm. but it's dangerous when we say yeah. King James only. And that's what I was, I didn't mean to cut you off there, Roman, but that's where you, you kind of have to draw the line. You can't let your translation become an idol. Mm. And, and that's where you start. If, if your King James Bible is your preference, then listen, my mentor who he's a pastor at a Chatsworth first Baptist today. Um, he taught me, he has taught me probably the majority of what I know about the Bible. He is a great Bible teacher. I love him to death. He, he married Brittany and I. Like he, he, okay. he's, he's my mentor. I talk to him all the time still to this day. He's a King James guy. He's not a King James only guy. Yeah. He prefers yeah. the King James. He teaches yeah. and reads from the King James, but he's not going to shame someone who reads from a different translation. Or something else. For, right. Yeah. It's, that's, well, that's just not him for one, but then two, he's done enough studying to understand that the, the King James Bible is not the original Greek. It's not more inspired. It's not all those things. Because if you do that, you start studying for this, I learned a new term. Have you guys ever heard of Ruckmanism? Mm-mm. Okay. Apparently there was a, oh, and I forgot his first name. I should have wrote it down. The uh, There was a guy named Ruckman who, um, I'm sure he's not the first person that ever thought it or even said it. I think he was just the first person that shouted it from the rooftops with an obnoxious nature. Um, he decided that the King James Bible was more inspired than the original Greek and Hebrew, and that if there were any differences, that it corrected the original Greek and Hebrew. Mm. And that was the only standard and anything else is trash. So that actually became a thing, uh, Ruckmanism. And people like that really give the KJV preferred audience a really bad name. Like they, yeah. you can't, people tend to roll those people all together and that's just not fair. There are just there are lots of great Bible teachers who preach and teach from the KJV because they're used to it, like you, Roman, mm. and that's perfectly fine. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it's just we can't we can't let that become an idol. That's my only thing. I just I wonder, you know, now that we've had this conversation, and um, again that tribalism just keeps ringing in my head. That was good, Joe. Um, I stole it. I'll tell you his name here in a minute. Okay, <laughs> yeah. but that tribalism, you know, when like. If you're in this tribe and I'm in this tribe, and you believe your way, I believe my way, we do things our way over here, that causes division. Correct. Right. And all I can sit here and think of is the enemy. Exactly. <laughs> the enemy using the very <laughs> thing that redeems us, that keeps us, that gives us life and hope and a future, has used the very thing that gives us what we have to have to divide us. Mm-hmm. That's crazy, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's nuts. But if you really dig into it like this, that's what's happened. I mean, uh, uh, go back to the Jesus you thought he was white. You you go to a black church, you got black Jesus hanging on the wall. Yeah. They believe that he's that. White people believe that he's white. You know, the Jewish people believe that he's Jewish. There's so much division in one truth. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's crazy. And, um, I mean, he says, 
He said, my word is truth. So what's the difference uh, going to this translation again? Like, let's say my mom makes me some potatoes. And she says, hey, Paul, the potatoes are ready. Well, what does she say, hey, Paul, the potatoes are ready? <laughs> or let's get ready. Hey, Paul, them taters are done. Yeah. Listen, I, it don't matter how she tells me. What did she mean? Them taters are done, <laughs> and I'm coming to eat. <laughs> yeah. You know? And it don't matter what translation – Here's the thing about it. People people say they don't understand the King James. I think it's just a cop-out not to study. Because here's the deal. When you have a relationship with Jesus and, and he's redeemed you and he's drawn you, he, his word says by his spirit, the advocate will teach you. Amen. So no matter if you can understand that word or not, he's going to teach you if you're hungering and thirsting after who he is and you're seeking him. Because he says, if you seek me, you will find me. No matter if it's in the ESV, the King James Version, the NIV, whatever. You take them boys uh, down in Louisiana, the Duck Dynasty boys, they're NIV guys. Mm -hmm. They're they're straight NIV because it's easier for them to understand. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, at this point, I mean, I think it's a hodgepodge argument about, hey, this translation is better, blah, blah, blah. I know the argument's there, but the bottom line is we need our relationship with Jesus, and when we have that, it don't matter which which one we're reading, he's going to reveal it to us. Mm-hmm. I'm done. <laughs> I, I, I just think we just need to take translations for what they are. Like, if, if you're... You know, if you're a seminary student and you're studying original languages, a, a more literal translation is going to be helpful for you. Uh, an NASB and... Um, the uh, the Master Seminary MacArthur, they just came out with a Legacy Standard Bible. It's supposed to be even more literal than the NASB. Really, like, like things like that wow. are going to be helpful for the Greek or the Hebrew student. Yes, because it's going to give you more little nuances from the original language and things like that. If and I'll give you an example. Um, I teach special <laughs> ed at an alternative school. Um, one of my students recently. Um, Started going to church. He was, he was there for. I'm trying to be careful here. He was he was there for being in trouble. Right. Let's just say that. Yeah. So he gets there. He uh, his mom started taking him to church. Um, his mom gave me permission to speak with him about church, um, the Bible, things like that. So I had. I, I usually I'm a Bible collector. My wife really enjoys getting all the Bibles on the front step all the time. <laughs> I love it's, it. Yeah, it's, this is great. It's, I'm such a nerd. I'm, I have no authority over anything I'm talking about. I'm just a nerd about all the things we're talking about. The uh, I'm a, I am. I, I collect Bibles. I'll just scan around online. If I see a cheap Bible, I buy it because that's one to give away. Yeah. So this kid, is he has a reading intervention, so struggling reader. Um, he is young. He is has first started church. I think, in my opinion, I think it would have been a bad move to put a King James Bible in his hand. Mm, I do. Yeah. I really do. So I gave him an ESV, and I would have even given him something a little more, I don't know what the word would be, easier to read, modern, however you would like to classify that, like a CSB or something like that. But I had a spare ESV, so I gave it to him, but I also showed him the ESV app, and it has a read-along feature where you can just go to verse 1 mm-hmm, and hit mm-hmm. click. I do every night. Yep. That's what I do. Yep. <laughs> it has a read-along feature, So, and he's a struggling reader. He's a struggling reader. So the ESV is honestly not the best thing to put in his hands, but I still think it was a better choice than a KJV. So Because as a matter of fact, someone had given him a small uh, New Testament Psalms Proverbs in the KJV, and he came to me. Uh, the first time, and he opened it up, and he went, what does this mean? 
No. Yeah. And I just stopped him. I was like, just stop for a second. Just stop. And I gave him that ESV and I went, go to the Gospel of John and I want you to read the whole book 10 times. Like, just read it yeah. over and over. Read along, do it 10 times. And I think if we, if we handled translation more like taking it for what it is, rather than you have to use my preferred translation, I think more people might read the Bible. Yeah. That's here's, just my opinion. Now here's, I've been on the, the, the other side of the KJV argument for many, many years, you know, where you have people who they will dig in their heels on KJV. And really second Peter chapter one, verse 21 is their, their argument for it's King James only for the prophecy came not, in time, in old time, by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Like this, this word. And here's the thing, though. Um, and if somebody, if if there's a, if there's something out there that talk about divinely men were inspired to write the word, uh, you know, somebody, Joel, you might be able to help me on that. Does it does it speak about anywhere where it like says? And I've I've tried to research it, but men were divinely inspired to to write. The main things that I, okay, here's going to be a plug because okay. now we're getting into stuff that's above my pay grade. Okay. So the whole point that I wanted to make when, when you asked me to come on here was to don't be tribal about your translation one, and then two, look for trusted resources to help you. Um, that's what I did. That's what I do all the time. Cause I'm a nerd about this stuff. There are two guys that I'm going to recommend. One of them is Mike Winger. And he has a very popular YouTube channel, and he is a very, very good Bible teacher. He goes through, and he even like touches on crazy topics that the the far, far left, um, and I mean this in a negative sense, the the liberal crowd. And I know that you can't just blanket everyone with that term, but I mean it in a negative sense. The that crowd, he he addresses topics that they try to twist Scripture with. Right. And then he also just has a ton of teaching on the Bible. So he has a 20-video series on his YouTube channel. It's Mike Winger, and it is called Evidence for the Bible. It's 20 videos. And he has, I highly recommend two videos, and they're about an hour, 20 minutes apiece. And I know hour, 20 minutes, but I promise it'll be worth it. There are, it's part 17 of that series, and it's called Can I Trust Bible Translations? The Good, the Bad, the Ugly. We'll put that, a copy of a link yes, in our, our description. Yes, that would be here. fantastic. And then uh, part 15 is another great one that will help you have trust in your current Bible because he goes through, there are, this is a uh, argument atheists will throw at the believer. There are 400,000 variants in the Bible between manuscripts, okay? He addresses that and makes it clear as a bell that there's nothing to worry about with 400,000 variants. And it's actually even a positive thing. But he explains it better than I ever could, so I'm not even going to try. But please go watch those two videos. Please, please. It will it will not only help you have faith in what you currently have in your hands, that it's the real inspired Word of God. One, it, two, it will, it will help you have more confidence when sharing it even to the unbeliever, even even to the person who's coming at you saying the Bible's not true, that's going to give you some. That's some, the key. Yeah, it's yeah. it's going to give you some uh, some firepower, some ammo in your back pocket that's going to help you um, defend your faith, mm. which is which is another command of scripture. Yeah. So, so now I should we probably should have said this before we we actually started the show, 
this is not the end all be all comprehensive overhaul of Bible translations or, you know, just there are other options. Out there. We're not going to be able to get this done in 45 minutes or an Correct. hour, guys. I mean, but this is what we want to encourage our, our <laughs> listeners to do. Go do your research. Mm-hmm. There is plenty of there's literature, there's videos, there's all kinds of stuff that you can do to help solidify your position. But it, again, it's not like KJV only ESV or, you know, NIV or whatever. It's, it's all for the gospel. Mm-hmm. Why do we even read the Bible? That comes out of second Timothy chapter three, verse number 16. It says all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, so that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. It's not my word. It's God's word. And as I said earlier over there in uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, I believe it's verse 21, men were inspired to deliver that word. Now, I think I might have actually misquoted that a time or two by saying that men were inspired to write. That's not what it says. It said men, men spoke as they were inspired by God. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Truth Revival is brought to you by Senor Lopez Mexican Grill, 105 Mechapike, Teleco Plains, Tennessee. Paul, why don't you tell our listeners what's happening at Senior Lopez? Hey, take the family down Monday night for trivia, 6.30 to 7.30. Tuesday is my favorite day. Tuesday is Teleco Spirit Tuesday, where 10% of all proceeds go to the town of Teleco Plains, Rome, which is a great idea, and I love that. Bingo, Thursday night at 6.30, and Saturday night is live music from 6.30 to 8.30, so take the family down, relax, have a great meal where the food is fresh and the family is welcome. Come home for dinner at Senor Lopez. And now, the continuation of Truth Revival. It's the letters of Paul that he, the, the, the word that God gave him to the Galatians. He also inspired Paul to not only speak that word, but to write that word. And, you know, there was times that it wasn't Paul who always wrote his letters. Did you, you, you guys aware? Luke wrote a lot of Paul's letters. You know, how did he write it? Well, he, he most likely wrote it in, in Greek. And that Greek has had to be translated into other languages, not just good old American. I mean, he it translated into English, but what about people that are in France? What about people that are in Brazil? We took, when we went to Brazil on our missionary trip, we didn't take English Bibles, Joel. Mm-hmm. We took Portuguese Bibles, Philip. All right? This is a good thing. It, it is a wonderful thing. It is a good thing. Because the Bible says that the gospel must be preached in all nations mm-hmm. before Christ returns. And so I think sometimes we just get super, you know, dogmatic on like what we're what we believe and why we believe it. And they say, well, God inspired men to write the King James. Well, hey, the Bible was not very accessible during that time. And the church had kind of become corrupt. And however you want to think about it, God inspired King James and allowed somebody like him the resources to be able to put together translators and make this thing happen. 
Obviously, it was for political reasons so that he could gain more favor with his people, you know, his subjects. Look what I've brought to you. I've brought the word of God, you know. But, uh, guys, it was for a good thing. And I'm not saying that the King James has run its course. I love the King James. King James is what I'll use. Mm-hmm. That's what I preach out of. Now, you know, here in our church, we, we I believe that we should, in, in, in the majority of churches, you should have something that is consistent. Mm-hmm. And we say, this is the Bible that we're going to use and that we're going to be preaching for our pulpit. And this is what we endorse, but we're not going to limit it to that. In, in our bylaws of our church, it actually says that King James will be the only translation that's preached from our pulpit. And that hasn't always been the case. And that's something that we're looking at trying to trying to modify. But I don't want to be narrow-minded. It's not the King James word. It's the word of God that God inspired Men to all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. And so as we as we look at Bible translations, guys, again, we need to we need to fact check it, we need to look at it, but also try to say, what's the message here? It's not just the the words and how the, those words are actually written down on the page, but what's the message? What's the heart here? Somebody else, what do you guys got? Listen, Philip's been like mute. I know. That's the reason I didn't say anything. He's been that. holding it all in. I'm an observer. He's 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 wound up. He's ready to go. <laughs> You're like an observatory. I've, I feel like I've spoken too much already, so I'm going to... No, listen, man. I'm actually want to hear more of what Joel got to say. It, it, it's, 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 it's been great, but look, I know that thing's a fire shutting your bones, son. Open your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's... My question is, and again, even what Joe said with the tribalism, but looking into this and thinking about this, you've got... Why do people say King James only? Why do people say this is this is the only way to go or whatever version that they have solidified in their heart that this is what they want to read? Is it because people are, uh, A, narrow-minded or shallow? Uh, their root system is like a pine tree, and it's not very deep, so if they get something else, <laughs> then is that going to cause them to believe something that they didn't necessarily believe? Because I've come to find out that sometimes everything we taught was not exactly the Word of God. And that goes back to... I thought Jesus was white growing up. (laughs) Right. So that that goes back to the whole thing of doing your research and studying and saying, well, is this the Word? Is is what I've been taught the Word? Is this really the way? Where did I get it from? How do I know this is the truth? How do I know that this is the way or whatever the situation is? And so thinking about those things, you, you look at that. And you say, okay, well, if this is King James, then as I do, I preach from the King James, I'm like you, but I will reference sometimes the message Mm -hmm. or the NLT or Mm -hmm. another version to go along with that to bring, to help try to bring clarity or a thought process in that. But before doing that, I'm in the Greek and I'm in the Hebrew and I'm getting the root words and seeing where those, how that's tying back together. And if this new version, I don't care what version it is, if it is... If if I if if I'm in this path and all of a sudden it takes me clear out, mm. has nothing to do with it, I'm like trash. Mm. I'm not receiving that. I'm not I'm not taking that in because if I've got this one, this one, and this one that's kind of pointing me in this direction, but all of a sudden you read one and it takes you clear back to the other side of the field, mm-hmm. I'm I'm like, no. And I think that's where we have to be stewards, to be good stewards with the word of God and say, Okay, well, if if this version is telling me that there is no remission without the shedding of blood. 
of the sins, but this version says, well, I don't have to have the blood, then there's a problem. Amen. And, and, and that's where we as men and women of God have to make a choice and say, well, just because this is what I've been taught, I have to make a choice of my own and say, I'm, I'm not listening to this. I'm doing away with this one, and I'm going to stick here, or I'm going to follow the... Does that make sense? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. It makes perfect sense. And and Philip, I think I know what you're what you're referencing there because there are there are actual verses verses in the NIV that actually remove, mm-hmm. like you said, things like the blood. Sixty thousand words have been removed from the NIV mm-hmm. from okay. the original. All right, now now again, not that I have looked at it and evaluated it myself, but I have read, you know, where people actually make the argument or defend mm-hmm. why that actually happened. And they said because the, when the King James writers translated that, they contextually felt that that's what the writer, the original writers were meaning. Right. But when the NIV removed some of those things, those uh, translators felt like, well, that word wasn't actually there to begin with, and so it's not really fair to kind of put it in there now, and so. They might have removed some things, mm-hmm. which is like I said, I haven't done the research. But now you've got people who are saying, like, well, well, NIV, we're trying to be truer to this original translation, you know, and it's probably falls more in the thought for thought category, right, Paul? Is yes. That, is that where yeah. NIV falls? Yes. yes. Correct. Right you know, dead in the middle. It's not a literal word for word translation. And so you have people say, the NIV has removed the blood, and we are, you know, we're against the NIV. I've heard people preach heavy against the NIV, or they, they taught heavily against the NIV. But you got these guys are saying, well, we just removed it because it it's not a word for word deal. And, and I think I think that's exactly what you're talking uh, about because in doing this, you know, coming here um, and 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 kind of looking at some of this because I didn't have a clue. It's my first first time doing this, so I really didn't have a clue of what to do or whatever. But looking at this, you know, <clears throat> Paul's got this sheet of paper over here that he keeps hiding and, and writing stuff on, <laughs> and and looking at that last <laughs> night, the same thing was seeing for the first time in my life. Word for word, these are the ones that are word for word, thought for thought, and then paraphrase. Yeah. And then the automatically, if if that is your mindset, to people that do not know that, if you go from one that is word to word to a paraphrase, you're going to say that one that's a paraphrase is a heresy. It looks different. Yeah. And 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 then but but then that's where that comes from of those Bibles need to be taken out and burned because it's it's not the same as this one, and and, and that's it. See, that's where we get. So it's not word for word. Well, if you want to get word for word, you like, need to get a let's interlinear. Go interlinear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, interlinear. But but the NASB is probably it's widely, number two, but widely regarded other than the interlinear, you know, which is yeah. extreme. Yeah. But the NASB is widely regarded as the most accurate uh, version that we have access to. Yeah. But it's hard to read. Well, it's okay. Now, this is going to get back to opinion and preference for me. I like the NASB the best. It is my favorite. Um, I think, okay, now this is preference. This is not saying that's the best translation. I'm not getting tribal on you guys. So the (laughs) NASB went, uh, let's see, 77 was the first uh, update. 95 was the second update, and it is the most popular, 95. Um, it just did an update in 2020, Ooh. and it went towards, uh, okay, I want to be careful, gender accurate, not gender neutral, not gender neutral. They didn't go out in left field and get crazy, but they, they did go gender accurate, 
Well, that rubbed the more conservative crowd, which is primarily your crowd that reads the NASB. That rubbed them the wrong way. So then they were like, no, we're sticking with the 95. Mm. So the 95 is still being produced, but that's a well-known choice of John MacArthur. John MacArthur has been reading from and preaching from the- Johnny Mac. Johnny Mac's been reading from the NASB for years. So- Hey, Paul said, I want one. Listen, to all of our listeners out there, if you have not downloaded the YouVersion Bible app, download that. That To me, that is the best Bible app. Now, um, you know, you can't really do deep study in the YouVersion. Like, you can't do the, the Strong's references. If you would like a good app, that, the, the Blue Letter Blue Bible. Let's go. Absolutely. Yeah is the one that I use, I have access to. It's got uh, the concordance. It's got Strong's reference. It's got that interlinear. There are a lot of different other translations you can do. It talks to you. So those are the two Bible apps. Those are the two Bible apps that I personally recommend. Now, there's also um, um, another uh, Bible app that that I use and... um, you know, I've got the um, the ESV study Bible on here. I've got the life application Bible on here. I've got a lot of Bibles on my tablet, and I don't have to carry around seven books with me when I when I go. And I can do a, I can do I can do multi screen. I can do a side by side reference, and and I literally have a one stop shop here through technology. Now, is technology the devil? It, it can be. You know, can can people use technology for bad things? Absolutely. But you know what? God has given us the ability to access his word. It's true. To be more efficient. Amen. You know, now now granted, there's nothing like opening up the pages of the of your Bible. Come on. I I, I, I love <laughs> I mean I, I've 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 probably I've probably been through at least three Bibles where I've highlighted them and I've been through them and, and kind of broke the back on them and didn't want to pay extra to, you know, have them recovered or whatever. So I just get another one, and I'd be working my way through that one. Um, you want to say something, thank you, Paul? No, I'm just singing in my my head. I'm working my way back to you, babe. Okay, <laughs> but but the uh, some people prefer to have that leather bound book and that sacred text in those pages. That's a preference. To me, man, I like having everything I got on my iPad. I'm a techie, and I love. I put my notes on my iPad, and so whenever I'm preaching, I've got my side by side notes, and I've got. He's almost converted me. I bought me one. I just haven't. He hadn't set it up for me yet. But I can remember sometimes whenever I used to preach. I mean, I'd have my Bible and I have papers everywhere. I'd have papers everywhere, or you know what? If you're walking and somebody accidentally bumps you and you drop it and it's like, (laughs) and it just goes everywhere. It's like, or you're like, I dropped the Bible. Oh, you know. Uh, now just your screen breaks. Now just your screen breaks. <laughs> yeah. but, and you lose everything. Um, so, guys. He's in the cloud. When it, <laughs> when, it comes to, when it comes to Bible translations, we have some people who will dig their heels in on King James and say, that's the most accurate, and I, and I want to defend it. That's my history. And I feel like it's my job to, to defend, to protect the integrity of the faith. Well, again, I hate to bust your verbal, but the King James wasn't the original, bro. I, and 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 even still, it's not even the most accurate, and and that is that is a hard pill for some people to swallow. And what we're addressing here, I think all of us men have have kind of we've we've conditioned ourselves, we prepared for this. This is that iron sharpens iron. Now again, which Bible translation 
do we want to endorse and say, this is a good study Bible for the new believer, or this is study Bible for the, you know, the hardcore Christian. Again, for me personally, I feel like King James is solid. You feel like ESV. Well, I have two that I want to say. We do the ESV primarily because we work with the youth a ton and it's a little easier to, uh, to get the message across to them. Now, see, you, people say that, but on that list, what does ESV say? It's right behind it in ESV. It's the fourth on the list for word for word. It is actually a closer word for word, and and I don't than the King James. And I don't necessarily agree that ESV is easier. I, I this goes back go, to my NASB thing. Go ahead. Okay. I like this guy. Sorry, he's. I brought him on special. Man. He's okay. good. He's, he, he's, like a, he's like a hidden nugget. <laughs> yeah. The uh, the NAS. This is why I prefer the NASB. Is because there are there are three features of the NASB that I just prefer, and they they capitalize the pronouns referring to deity, referring to the Trinity. Um, supplied words are in italics. Supplied words are in italics. <laughs> Wow. I'm um, have to edit that part. Sorry, that was hilarious. <laughs> Supplied word here in Alex. I know I've said that four times, I think, but I was distracted. Uh, and then this is my favorite. Old Testament quotes, when they're quoted in the New Testament, are in all caps. So, oh, okay. it, so it shows you when a New Testament writer is quoting the Old Testament. That is, that's cool to me. That is I cool. really yeah. like it. Now, it is literal, and it is what they call wooden and it because it it doesn't keep the poetic language and the beauty and Rid, the things rigid. like yes so the ESV is the one I use now I prefer the NASB I use the ESV because everybody in my D group uses the ESV the majority of the uh, the people that I that I uh, follow online or listen to or things like that preachers teachers whatever most of them use the ESV. The, about the only person that I that I follow and listen to regularly that has an NASB is John MacArthur. So because of that, I just kind of moved over to the ESV. And I agree with you, Roman. I think the ESV is a little bit choppy. I th- that's the word I always use. Every I think time, every time I've ever read the ESV, I've never thought, "Wow, this is <laughs> this is this flows." It's so much accused. Better. It's accused of being Yoda talk because it's like think not. And then so on. It's, but it's modern language. Personally, for me, it's a, it's a tough read. But that's maybe because I'm comfortable with the King James. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, f- for me, again, the new King James is very accessible mm-hmm. to kids, young That was people. my first Bible. New King James. I love the new King James. You know, mm-hmm. it, it has, has a fresher approach to some of the words. And see, that's the thing, like, there were certain words that wasn't even created or invented when King James was translated. Mm-hmm. And there have been revisions to the King James. So the 1611, if people want to read that old English, that is not an easy read. And see that, go ahead. You want to say something? I'm sorry. I could just, the 1611, like even the letters are different and things like that. That's like true. it's, it's very, so and, you know, this is kind of getting petty because people are like, 1611 only. Well, you don't really have a 1611, sir. Like, but you don't want to just say that to somebody. But but you, it's very difficult to read for new readers, the King James. Anyway, if you actually put a 1611 in their hand, I think it'd be borderline impossible because even the letters look different. Mm-hmm. So it's it's an entirely different thing. So So, guys, I feel like we could probably continue on here. And just keep going. This is endless, but let's try to land the plane. Let's all try to, you know, get some closing thoughts here 
on uh, on Bible translation. You got one I more. Got, I just I want to say one I more thing, it. and I promise this I will. So I will good. hush. I'm no, sorry. No, you're good. I'm man. really sorry. So <laughs> this is the other guy I wanted to plug, Doctor Mark Ward, and he's the guy I, I stole the tribalism from. Okay. Okay. He wrote a book called Authorized: The Use and Misuse of the King James Bible. Ooh. Now he is actually an authority on the subject because he is a uh, he knows Greek and Hebrew. So he looks at it from a translation standpoint, but the book itself is not on translation or textual criticism. It is about just simply that the King James in, is in Old English and it's his case for moving on to other translations and teaching against tribalism. He still reads his King James. He grew up on the King James. He loves the King James. Mm-hmm. This, it's not against the King James. It's just simply ending that tribalism. So, and he also has a YouTube channel with a bunch of great videos. Uh, he's the guy I told you about Roman at Easter, who talks about the false friends and the dead words and the yeah. things like that. So, great book to look at if you're trying to figure out more about the KJV and Mark Ward, his YouTube channel. Okay, I'm done. I'm sorry. Oh, no, you're good. Thank and, you. And as I said, I, <laughs> this is not the end all be all discussion on 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 translations, but I feel like we need to be open to this. King James is not the only translation, but Jesus is the only way. Amen. You see what I'm saying? And so if we have that in our mindset, hey, man, I mean, I'm now, now Philip, you referenced the message earlier. <laughs> That's probably one I'm going to stray away That's from. That's the 20th on the list. Of top, <laughs> it's the most paraphrased. Well, it's not, it's, it's not really a translation. It's a paraphrase. It's a paraphrase. And, and it is. Use it for what it is. Yeah. yeah. Now, 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 is it beneficial for some people? Absolutely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We were talking about the, uh, the fruits of the spirit last uh, couple weeks ago in Galatians chapter five and the fruits of spirit. You know, when you read through there and, uh, you know, I'm well, feel free to just do your own research and look at it. But the way the King James expresses it, there's words that we don't actually use in normal talk. But the message, it just kind of spelled out real plain. Just super plain. But that's the thing, it's it's a paraphrase. It's just it's just yeah. real talk, like we're talking right now. Mm-hmm. But you know, to others who want that word for word, I mean, it's it's a holy translation. And it's God's word. And when we want to be respectful to that word. So, um, yeah, guys, I love just talking about Bible translations, not to argue with anybody or to prove anybody wrong, but I love the Word of God. You, you want to say something over there, Paul? No, I just keep thinking about that time I got ran off, and it just it just tickles me. Well, if it it's ain't good King that it James, can... it ain't the Word of God. Mm-hmm. It's good that... <laughs> It can tickle you now and you're not bitter over it. Because people can develop bitterness over that. I mean, if they get ran out of a church over oh, a translation. Oh, man. Oh, man. Because they, they, were, they were trying to do well. Mm-hmm. They were doing a good thing. And they got their head chopped off by re- religious zealots, mm-hmm. which, again, think about what the Pharisees must have been like when Jesus came. Oh, yeah. You know, um, you know they stood. No, blah, blah, blah. They just let him have it, you know. It's like, and they thought they were right, man. That's why that spirit breaks us down. Um, Matthew chapter five. Oh my gosh, we could do a whole podcast on Matthew chapter five. Can we get these guys back? Because Philip don't talk enough. Yeah, we could do that. I think we can line that up. It took us. It <laughs> I'll took, be better prepared next time. It took <laughs> us. 
It's a terrible inviter. Hey, what I need? Nothing to show up. Okay. I sent you the thing. I sent you a big old list. I said, I had to taste him. I tasted him last night. What's our topic tomorrow? I didn't even know. Listen, it's it check your check your calendar. Look. And this one sent to Philip. We just want to take a look at Bible translation, how it's impacting modern church. So the churches are King James 1611 only. There's a growing number of people who say they don't understand King James. So how do we minister to a congregation that doesn't faithfully engage in scripture? Is KJV too rigid? Are other translations He's going faster? You know, Peanut butter and jelly. That's who we are. Peanut, Peanut butter and jelly. jelly. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, anyway, I've enjoyed it. But anyway, Matthew chapter 5. Here, here, Jesus, this is the thing. Those Pharisees, Jesus said, you have heard it said. This is your tradition. But I say unto you, giving them a new revelation, a new yeah. command. They didn't take that very well. <laughs> when, and, and see, in church, when we start changing things, people are like, uh, no, that's not Bible. That's not of God. If we see anything that's different out of that red back hymnal, we better be careful. Yeah. You know, or if we preach anything other than King James, be careful. I'm here to tell you guys that the spirit should bear witness. Yeah. And if we allow God to be God again, now, now I don't think that there's not that I'm aware of, but any translations that are intentionally misleading people, but, but those, if you see, don't just take a text or a translation unto yourself without seeking, you know, support from, you know, your pastor or other men and women of God to say, Hey, what do you think about this translation? Is this a good translation? Any any new translation that hasn't been you know peer reviewed or looked at, I would probably try to stay away from because there's some tried and true ones out there that are just they're solid. Yeah, you know you yeah. don't need to. Again, King James, it's tried and true. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's peanut butter and jelly. You got to guard yourself, like Philip said. You know, if it if that translation takes the blood away, you, or or you know something that we know is set in stone to our faith, you you need to wash it and get rid of it. Bottom line. So. But but again though that's that was the argument that I was making like for NIV yeah not that I'm a I don't even read NIV I don't know that I've ever read the NIV but <laughs> but I have heard of that that pe- people say well NIV takes blood out and and I've and I've researched that and it's and it's because it's more of a paraphrase yeah Just, it's yeah. not intended to be a word for word and mm-hmm. so I don't think not everybody knows that guys yeah okay Philip you and Paul were talking about wiring the other day. Or actually, you guys were talking about wiring this morning. You guys realize I have no idea what y'all are talking about? <laughs> Me either. You want to know why? I'm not an electrician. I know nothing about wires. And for me to come into y'all's conversation start talking about wires and trying to pretend like I know what y'all are talking about would just be foolish. Wouldn't y'all agree? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know either. I'm just there. So, guys, <laughs> when it comes to Bible translations... I think that there's that's a slippery slope, you know, for a lot of people. So, you know, talk to your pastor, other men and women of God. Pray. 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 Yes. Pray. Seek, seek God's face. Direction. Seek the Lord. But I mean, there's some tried and true ones out there that, you know, it's, you're going to grow in your faith if you just study the word. And like mm-hmm. I said earlier, the best translation is the one that you read. Amen. Get engaged with the Word of God. Mm-hmm. I had um, talked about um, a study that was done that spoke about biblical illiteracy. We're not hiding the Word of God in our heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why you we're know, not walking it, in victory. Spend time with the Lord. Commune with the Father. Mm-hmm. We're not walking at all. You're right. Amen. Mm-hmm. We got to get there. Yeah. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. 
And and listen, you don't have to sit down and read for an hour. You don't have to sit down and read for. Uh, you don't have to sit down and read for a whole chapter. Sit down and read the word for five minutes. Get some alone time with God. Read the word. Study on it. Allow it to marinate in your spirit. Allow it to transform you. Spend time with the Lord. And then God will start teaching you. He'll start growing you. He'll start increasing your knowledge. He'll give you and, and you know what you should be praying? God, give me a give me a desire for your word. Yeah. I know this, boys, when me and my wife and the kids are binge watching something on Netflix <laughs> and it's good. He's like, hey, you want to go to the next episode? Yeah, let me get some tater chips real quick. Just hang on a second. And we'll go to that. We'll sit down and we'll watch a show for four or five hours. I don't know that I, I don't know that I've ever spent four or five hours in the Word of God just straight. I mean, I know some people probably have, but, but we have a desire for entertainment. <laughs> we should have a desire for the Word of God because this is the, the, the living Word of God. Because that's where the power is. That's where yes. the power is. And a lot of people, a lot of people give, I think, and I want to be careful how I say this. A lot of people give too much credit to the teacher that is teaching the Bible. We have to remember that the power is the message. That's the whole point of 1 Corinthians 1 and 2 is Paul literally saying, I'm glad I didn't baptize you guys. Yeah, I'm it wasn't glad, me. <laughs> yeah, I didn't come to you with elegant words of wisdom. Mm. It was it was the power of the cross. That's why we preach yeah. Christ crucified. That's what Paul said. So And Paul said that. So, I mean, yeah. I think we can follow Paul's example. Yeah. But we just got to remember the power's in the message, the power's in the word. And and yes, don't get me wrong, like it was encouraging to hear you say earlier, you start in the original Greek, like when you're, when you're prepping. Like that, that's that's expository preaching. That's that's I think that's missing in the world today, in the church today. Mm-hmm. But the power's in the message. I thought you were done, by the way. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, Philip. Closing thoughts, brother. Thank you for coming on the show. Hey man, it's, I'm, I'm glad to be here. I really am. And I, and I think really following up on what you've already said, um, we got to rightly divide the word of truth. Rightly divide the word of God. Don't just take that scripture. Don't just take this word. Do, do your research, pray, seek God's face, mm-hmm. draw nigh to Him. And the Scripture says that He'll draw nigh to us. And and truly, I think no matter what we do, if we're not inviting the Holy Spirit to guide us, to lead us, to direct us, I think we're backing up. Mm. Um, and we have to be willing, as I've said already, and I think that that's where I know sometimes I have failed, and I know that's where sometimes other people fail, that when we pray that and we ask God to guide us and direct us and lead us and open our eyes to see and our ears to hear what the Spirit would speak to the church, that when He does speak, and we don't change. Mm. That's where the problem lies. We have to be able to change, you know, again, everything that we've been taught or showed or sometimes, you know, is not necessarily the truth. Yeah. And we, we got to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. We got to seek God's face because you're not going to stand for me on the day of judgment. Mm. Nobody is but me. That's the thing, man. And and I got to be able to stay. He's like, well, why did you believe that if you walked under a ladder, you was going to have, you know, something bad was going to happen? Well, that's what I was taught. Oh. Well, how, who taught them? How do you know it was the truth? What do you believe? Yeah, you know. And then I realized, hey, that wasn't necessarily the truth. Now I walk under a ladder and be like, other people's like, what are you doing? I'm like, walking under a ladder is yeah. quicker than going around. <laughs> you know, I mean. But in all seriousness, I mean, that's that's the point of it. And yeah. and like you're talking about a good study Bible, that's the greatest thing you could ever do is to find that Bible that you read that you study. I love a center column reference Bible. I love a strong concordance study Bible. Follow that, chase that word down throughout the scripture. It's going to take you everywhere, but take the time to study, to seek God's face, and it'll change your life. Amen. And I've often heard this said, you know, people will say, do not mark in your Bible because the the Bible's holy. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard people say, 
Well, you know, a dirty Bible is, is a clean heart. Yeah. I had never yeah. heard that until I married Brittany. <laughs> I'd never, and she said it was from your papa. Uh, yeah, well, dirty he, Bible, clean heart. He, and I've dude, seen his. It's, my yeah. grandfather. He was not a well-educated man, mm-hmm. but when he met Jesus, mm-hmm. he fell in love with his, with that word because yeah. there's power. In there's, that power. Word. there's power. There's power in, in power it. In it. My papa, and, he in watching them grow up, and I, I thank God for our grandparents. We was mentioning this this morning. I know we got to go. It's it's time. I got to move and you got do stuff all this to do. Stuff, <laughs> fires to put out. But but knowing that our the people before us have paved the way. For us to be able to do what we're doing today because of the prayer, the sacrifice, their hard work, everything's done. I saw Papa growing up. Papa couldn't read. He could not read and didn't know that till later. But he would sit at the kitchen table and he had one of the big white family Bibles. And so, you know, that thing's as big as a car hood. I mean, it might as well be. But he would sit and just feel of the pages and he would, he's, he's talking and he's quoting scripture. And all my life growing up as a little boy, I thought he was reading. Mm. And then I asked my mom one day, and I, I went in there, and I was like, what, what are you doing? I was like, your eyes are closed. How are you reading? He said, Philip, he said, I can't read. I said, then how do you know the word, and why are you sitting in here doing this? And he was like, well, the this is why I go to church, because when I go to church, I hear the word. Mm. And then when I come home, he says, I sit down, and he says, and I bring back those words. And he said, I just run my hands over the pages. Mm. He said, feeling God's word and praying or talking about what the preacher had talked about, quoting those scriptures back. Mm. And I said, that's what you do? He said, yeah. The wow. things, the tapes, you know, because they had the cassette tapes. Right. I listened to these or the old eight, whatever. I listened to those. And when I take my time in God in prayer and reading the word, this is what I'm coming back with. Yeah. Wow. And so if you take that mentality, what was his excuse? Yeah. He had an excuse, but it didn't stop him from learning mm-hmm. yeah. and growing in the word of God. Now, do you think God blessed him? I know God blessed him absolutely yeah. because of that dedication. Mm-hmm. I can't see it. I don't understand it. I can't read it, but I've heard it. Yeah, and I'm going to pray it back to you, and I'm going to sit here and I'm going to feel this word. Yeah, and I mean that unreal. It changed awesome. my life. That's yeah. called communion with God. Yeah, just spending so, time in His presence. Yeah, Paul, close us out, brother. Whew. What a great episode you got! It's unbelievable, unbelievable. There's power in the word. Amen. Bottom line. Let's look at this real quick. And I'm gonna I'm gonna get us the centurion. He said, Hey, you don't even gotta come. If you will just say what? The word. The word. <laughs> My son will be healed. If you will just say the word. Don't matter what translation, potato, potato, taters. <laughs> it don't matter. Just say the word. Yeah. Because he says, sanctify them in my truth. My what is truth? Word. My, word. my word is truth. Listen to this, and I'm going to let us go. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I have sworn an oath and confirmed it to keep your righteous rules. Where do we find those rules? In, the word. in these pages. I am severely afflicted. Give me life, O Lord, according to your word. Boom. Well, that's going to do it today, folks. It's been episode 18, season two, Truth Revival. Philip, thanks for coming on board. Thanks for being here. We're going to have you back. Absolutely. Take us several weeks to book you. I know you're busy. Joel, we're going to have you back too, my man. Sounds good. Thank don't, you for. Don't be tribal. Come back. <laughs> <laughs> hey. 
Paul, thanks again. For Paul Chapman, I'm Roman Hamilton. This is Truth Revival. If you enjoy the show, be sure to check us out at Facebook at Truth Revival 37385. We're out of here. <laughs>